Welcome to the WWE Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brian C. Wood. With me this evening is my good friend and co-host, Chad Mitz. Whereas last night, WrestleMania Saturday bled into WrestleMania Sunday for our podcast. Tonight, WrestleMania Sunday will stay WrestleMania Sunday. So, Jed, your thoughts on the just completed, epic, creative, different WrestleMania Sunday. Um, just on tonight, I will say up until the middle of the main event, I mean, this was this has been one of the most fun WrestleManias that I can remember. Um, it it like I like we were talking before this started, and maybe you might hear some of that, but uh, it's was top to bottom, just an all-around good show. You might not have gotten the results we thought. Um, I really didn't have, like, expectations for certain things, but it was just an all-around good and fun wrestling show. But that all might be, that all might be tarnished, or it, it, you, how you feel about it may differ depending on how you feel about what happened in the main event. And that's, and, and that's, they built the whole thing around this whole, the whole Company has been re- revolving around the bloodline storyline, so it's such a massive piece that, of course, it's going to have an outsized effect on what people think about how the show goes. So that's the that's the good and bad of doing of doing the storytelling because the storytelling in that in the bloodline stuff has been phenomenal. It's been stuff that people have gotten into, and then when you go in and you add everything else that is WrestleMania and the rest of these matches. They all delivered to to show, you know, the promise of what this company and what WrestleMania could be. But then you get to the 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 end of the main event, and then that can just skew everything. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. But overall, uh, I, there, there were distinct points in this mat and in the in tonight that I'm like, wrestling is fun. This is fun. This is what it's supposed to be. So overall, tonight and especially over the course of the whole weekend. I thought it was a, a a phenomenal show. They did kudos to everybody involved. It made it made wrestling feel fun, and that's where we're supposed to be at. Saturday and Sunday night did not disappoint. Yeah, yep, I completely agree. And and that's the mark of a good show. Um, you may know where certain directions are going, as you said. Chalk can sometimes be fun, and like they did a really good job tonight. Several swerves. More swerves than yet last night. Um, I mean, who saw Bianca retaining? Who saw Roman retaining? Um, Shane McMahon showing up was not only anybody's bingo card. Um, it was really a fun night. Um, and I think that this was, even even almost in, in Brock, was better than most people. So, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, so, like, you know... Props to Trips, props to the new creative creative team and the new creative direction. I just don't know where you go after tonight. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, and as you say that, I'm looking, you know, the, the press conference is going on right now. And a quote from um, Roman Reigns in regards to his story as champion, uh, his, his quote is, we're in the third inning. So this is the third. I mean, that I, I just said that. Uh, I don't think he goes another year as champion, but that quote implies that we still have a ways to go in this story. What we we have a ways to go in this story. Now, does that mean he has the championship the whole time? I don't know, but uh, that 
they, at the very least, they do have a direction. They know what they want to do. And it's been working so far. So I really, I really don't think Dwayne saying what he said over the weekend about seeing Roman down the line does not mean anything. He said, "See, he said crap before." Yeah, and never he said crap at, at, at Survivor Series with the golden egg and the red, the red notice, uh, you know, publicity and all the things. But like, the most natural place in the world to end the bloodline was tonight. And if you're not gonna do that. You've got to take the belt off of Roman somewhere at some point, and you got to sell out Ford Field. See the I, there, I there's mean, no world well, in which you don't sell out Lincoln Financial Field. Like you're gonna sell out Lincoln Financial Field both nights. Like that's not gonna be difficult. Selling out Ford Field in the middle of August before the Lions season starts and before the Red Wing season starts is gonna be a whole different kind of haul. But I still don't. Uh, I don't see Dwayne coming back for SummerSlam. I really, if he comes back, I really think it's a mania. And at this point, he's probably only got two years left. So it's either next year or the year after that. I don't think it's Philly. Uh, I mean, he could surprise me and show up in SummerSlam, but I don't think that's the case. All right, so let's get into the dive into the night with Omos versus Brock Lesnar. All right, so. When we talked last night, I distinctly remember saying that this match would be the cool-down match because they didn't need to do uh, what they did the first night, which was have The Miz and his shenanigans to cool down the crowd before you got to the main event. I was like, they already have a match like that on the card. It's Brock Lesnar almost. I'm like, Because I'm like, I don't know if I called it a turd last night, but I certainly called it a turd on Twitter at least twice today. So... Before the show started and they said they were moving this to the front, I'm like, that is interesting. Oh, they just want to get the turret out of the way. Got it. Get the smelly thing out of the way. Let's get to the rest of the good stuff. So that's my mentality the whole way into this match. And lo and behold, they did what the, the only way I thought this could possibly be an entertaining match is what they did. They let Omos throw Brock Lesnar around and then Brock Lesnar suplexes him to hell a couple times and gets him up for F5. That's that's the only way this match even works. They they made it interesting by, you know, focusing on Omos destroying Brock's back. So now it's a real question of can he even get him up for the F5? So when he does, it makes it even more impressive and more rewarding. And the match is actually actually worth it. In. So I think grading, I said to my friend, grading on a curve, this match has like it went from an F on a curve to like a B minus. And that's more than you could ever expect from this match. I th- the match was inter- it was entertaining. I was like invested in it, and even though I thought it had no chance in hell of being anything, so kudos whoever came up with that. Kudos whoever put it together. Uh, I still need y'all to stop messing with Omos because when he has to move, like half that match is him standing dead center in the ring, not moving, and that worked. He can just throw people around and not move his feet. He was cool. The minute he moved, like when he had to run to the corner, I'm like, this dude, he can't even put his feet together to even look like he's getting any momentum. So I think the Omos experiment should die. But if it doesn't, whatever, this match worked. Kudos for people making it work because it shouldn't have. And now what do you do with Brock? Uh, Go home, be a family man for like two years. See, I'm like, go home, be a family man until SummerSlam. Um. That's 
my only my only thing with that is is that it's especially the last couple of years it's been um go a few months pull Brock back out let him do something go a few months pull Brock out let him do something and he's he's kind of lost that special appeal because like when he first came back he would come back destroy people and leave for a long time and now we've lessened the time so I think he needs to be gone at least I would have him gone for at least a year so when he does come back and has to murder somebody it'll feel special again if you pull him out of SummerSlam yeah that works but now you're dealing with you know people have they don't miss him. You want to make people miss him. Which makes sense. I mean, you bring him back out of the Rumble next year. Yeah, you could do that. I wouldn't do that either. Uh, just because I don't want to even... I don't think he needs to be anywhere near title. So I don't even want to give the illusion that he is. But, you know, if you need bodies, it's not the worst thing in the world. Agreed. Um, but, I mean, the support, you know, bringing him out for Mania in Philadelphia would not be a bad thing. Especially with the Paul Heyman of it all. Yeah, yeah. You can... You can. There's always something he can do for Mania. Some, uh, I mean, if you want to put some new guy over, you can bring him out to do that. If, but if you just need to have a match, people will always want to see him suplex somebody and F5 them and let the match, match last like seven minutes. The women's fatal, uh, the women's showcase match should not live up to the men's. And this is disappointing. Your thoughts, sir, on burning the uh, live morning candle at both ends in the second match of the night. Um, so every time Liv did anything, I thought of you because I know you're that that's that's your girl. But I, I told you she would win it. Stephanie McMahon they, 2.0. Um, now she she got some cool spots to hold throwing her off the ring thing that was kind of cool. But you know it was always going to end the way it was going to end, which was with the. I mean, it, to me, it was either going to be Liv and Ra- Raquel, mostly because of Raquel, or Ronda Rousey and Shayna Blazer because they make the most sense like t- as a team compared to everyone else. And that's what it was. It was Ronda and Shayna. Um, I'll be honest, because I knew this match was coming on, I kind of start. I didn't actually move, but I wasn't really paying attention. So I don't know why Ronda and Shayna weren't active in the match until the very end. But Shayna didn't even you know, like Shayna lost her boot. Like they had to have Ronda end, yeah. like finish the match because like Shayla uh uh Baszler lost her boot. Like it was very haphazard ending to that match. Yeah, I didn't know because they were gone and I didn't pay attention, I didn't know what happened to her boot, but you know, it worked. Ronda got to brutalize poor Shotzi, but it's it's what I expected. It, it, yes, but Liv did all the work. Liv did the code breaker on Shauncey in order to get her into position for Ronda to, to, to get the tap out. I mean, so you should feel good about that. They they still trust her to do stuff. They want her to do stuff. Um, but, you know, this is her role right now. Until they figure out what better to do. And hopefully she moves over to SmackDown and gets the challenge rearranged. Oh, no, I don't want to see that. Because quite quite honestly, if it were me, if she challenged Rhea Ripley, Rhea should destroy her. It shouldn't even be a match. It should be a great match because Rhea because Rhea Ripley is not on Liv Morgan's up. Oh boy, um, I'm going to just go ahead and let you say those things into the microphone and fully acknowledge I said no such thing. I think Rhea Ripley should destroy Liv Morgan if they ever face off. Uh, 
I equally think uh, the other champion should do the same if that were to be the case. So, you know, that's where I stand with Liv. Liv Morgan is Stephanie McMahon 2.0. And Stephanie was a multi-time WWE Women's Champion. Oh, I mean, she'll probably win a title again. Uh, Just particularly with Rhea, where Rhea is right now. She should destroy Liv. Bianca can give her a better... Bianca and Liv can have a Yeah, a I, I, I saw the tweet which says that Bianca versus Rhea is a license to print money. But they forewent that this evening. They did. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Rhea's probably got Charlotte to deal with for a little bit longer. I don't know what they're going to do I don't do know. Based on what Charlotte tweeted and the way that Charlotte praised Rhea and praised the producer... Uh, Justin Jordan and Jason Jordan and praised Rhea I'm herself. I'm glad he did that match. Like, I don't really know what Rhea, what Charlotte's thinking at this point. We'll see. But I thought that the men's showcase match was better than the women's match. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was uh, miles better. They served a similar purpose. It, was, it wasn't terrible, but it, it wasn't as good as that, no. I mean, it's essentially a number one contenders match in, in no uncertain terms. Mm-hmm. But, like, the men's was handled, I feel, in a better way. Yeah, yeah, I will agree with that. Especially because your outcome, like, you didn't showcase Baszler and... Um, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, you didn't showcase Baszler and Rousey the way you did the Street Profits the night before. So what was next after uh, the, the uh, showcase match and... Uh, Almost versus Brock. Uh, again, to quote uh, the great Big E, is a big meaty man uh, slapping meat, and that would oh, be the, the Intercontinental Triple Threat. That was the see, match see. of the night and stole the show by people. Yeah, see, people brutalizing see. each other for forty-five do, for what felt like forty-five minutes, when reality was probably like twenty-five. Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen thirty-six. Um, it's amazing that I just say Big E's little phrase and you knew exactly what I was talking about because these dudes were knocking the hell out of each other for 16 minutes. It felt longer than that, though. Yeah, but you know what the thing is? They they kept Gunter out of the match enough to where you forgot he was the thing and really just made it McIntyre versus Sheamus, and then he dodged in at the end, which is a way to I make think, your, your keep your heel, keep your heel going. I think... They didn't make him completely disappear, at least not to me. Uh, yeah, there were large portions of the match that he was gone, but he was there just enough to have an impact. It wasn't like he stole a pin. He was in there. He had th- he took bumps, and he gave out. He had some offense, enough offense for people to recognize how good this guy is. Uh, and, yeah, towards the end, he, like, disappeared for a while, but that was on purpose for to set up the finish. For you to forget that he was a thing. Yeah, but uh, I, overall... Uh, this yeah, like I think it was probably the match of the night. Uh, they beat the hell out of each other, and and it was it wasn't the violence for the violence sake. It was the violence telling the story they wanted to tell, and and being just equally entertaining. And again, while Gunther probably had the le- the least amount of ring time, I thought he came off really well in this match, particularly how it ended, uh, and getting the getting the win over McIntyre. I, I, I think was a strong thing to do. Because if you were to be Sheamus, I mean, I know they had that match at Clash of the Castle, and it was great, but I don't think it has the impact as be as getting the pin on Drew, Drew McIntyre. 
your thoughts on making making down through the winter? Um, I really thought we'd get a title change, but um, I think it shows their faith in Gunther and that they like what they have in him. And they're not like when he loses, it's going to be a big deal. But I think it's going to be a big deal in the fact that he's probably going to go right on to chase it for the title um, and being a contender for the title, which all the more reason I would have thought the finish of this match would have been different because then you have a good heel contender coming up. But, you know, uh, but keeping it on him for a while, it probably says they know he can carry the title on SmackDown. They're not ready to get him involved in a title program because I think the way he's situated, when he gets involved with the heavyweight, the universal heavyweight uh, title, he'll probably win it. And they're not in a point where they want him to win it. But he can be IC champion and carry that uh, and be the workhorse to SmackDown for a little while longer. I thought it was a really brilliant match. I thought it was really brilliant booking. And I think it made all three men look really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was just surprised because I thought they were going to give Triple H his workout buddy his uh, his Intercontinental Championship to make him a Grand Slam champion. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, this is just a quick interlude because I'm still on Twitter. And people really go and find tweets just to, like, try to stun on people uh, because uh, our basketball coach won a title today. And people have gone back and found a tweet I have. But, you know, I don't care for our AD and when I when she got hired, I just said she was a splashy hire, and he didn't have like a stupendous record on this kind of stuff. And now they're kind of trying to rub it in my face. Kick rocks. I still don't like him. Well, I mean, she backtracked on the whole like um, Brittany Griner thing at the press conference at the beginning of the Final Four, where she was like, "Oh, it's so great, she's back. Oh, isn't it wonderful that she was able to come home and be safe?" When, you know, 10 months earlier, she was like, I don't know this woman. Yeah, my whole thing with her is that, I mean, I've seen her as a coach. I've seen, I understand why she's such a good coach. I don't really care for much of the things she does off the court. But the fact that, but she is such a, so good at her job, it makes me like, just kind of grin and bear it because she is the so good at her job. The only way you're going to put that program in a position to do what they did tonight was to hire that woman. Yes. There was no yes. one else in women's college basketball, aside from Gino, that you could hire to put you in that position immediately. Right. Um, and he didn't even have to so, fire Nikki Fargus. Nikki Fargus voluntarily took a job with the Las Vegas Aces and helped them, you know, go to a WNBA championship. So, I, don't I mean... Think, I, I mean, she voluntarily took it, but I don't think it was... I mean, it was more like a voluntold. True, like, but it still worked else. out in the sense that she got a WNBA championship out of it, and Mulkey has now got a banner she can raise in the female. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm, look, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to defend Nikki Fargus. Like her record towards the end was not not that great. Yeah, nine so conference wins versus you know forty and three. I mean, yeah. So, so I'm not. I'm not uh, knocking that, and even with. The hiring of Mulkey, I said it was a splashy hire. Um, that didn't mean I didn't think that she could she could win. My real point for that tweet is that Woodward goes out just to make the splashy hires. It just so happens that this splashy hire was one of the all-time greats in the sport, so it works out. Uh, 
the everything else remains to be seen. However, I do think I will maintain. I do think he's. I, I think ma- he, I think he's I will made, maintain uh, for the rest of my life that if Kramer Robinson doesn't come to LSU to play baseball, Kim Mulkey never comes to LSU to coach women's basketball. Because I truly think that the three years that she spent on campus, coming to games at the box, getting to know the campus, getting to know the facilities, getting to know the AD, like I, I truly feel that that changed the game for her. So that when Woodward came to her with an offer, it was it was not a hard choice for her. There might be something to that, but uh, even in that regard, like while I thought she was a splashy hire. I do genuinely think he made, I mean, outside of my personal thanks, feelings about her, it's a good hire. Um, I think Jay Johnson is going to turn out to be a good hire. So, in that regard, and Brian I guess Kelly he is won the SEC West in his first season. Yeah, I mean, yes, I get. I'm gonna, I begrudgingly give him a check mark. Well, I mean, I I'm, think I'm jury- begrudgingly going to give somebody a check mark who you know help perpetuate the death of the child. But, you know, these things don't matter to many folks. No, no. And I still think the jury... I think the jury is out on Brian Brian Kelly. Though, again, I, you know, we've talked about it before. Everything says that this guy, he should be... He should be, uh, as I've referred to him to other people, as the coaching god. He should get everything where they win a title real soon. But... I still come to things like, you know, the reputation he has, the way, like, the first game with special teams, that is, like, inexcusable. He He's supposed to be the coach of God. You would think that he wouldn't have that. And particularly the A&M game, there was no excuse for what happened in that game, especially when you're supposed to be a coach of God. So, yeah, he won the, he won the West, but we knew he was never beating Georgia, so... Like that A and M game, like really is like a stinky mess in this whole resume. But we'll see what he he's he's got all the expectations coming in this year. So yeah, he, he went, does well. He went from then, preseason guess, unranked to preseason number eight. He, yeah, but now but now you got to do it with everybody thinking you're good. When whereas last year everybody was like they're going to be crap, and and honestly the way the West is set up. I mean, Adam, Bama has the most question marks they've ever had. And then who else? Auburn's got a new coach. Ole Miss is what they are. Mississippi State's got a new coach. Um, uh, who, who else? Ar- uh, Arkansas. Arkansas is Arkansas. Yeah. So. And A- you, A&M is just in a, a dumpster fire. So you, at this point, yeah, you have holes. They have holes. And is the last season under the current form format. True, uh, and this and so Bama comes here this year. Uh, well, no, no, we go to we go to Bama. Yeah, so we go to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, so this is the the easy swing of LSU's schedule. So they should be they should be favored to win the West, and they should win the West. So now, what does he do with those expectations? And I still maintain uh, the other two coaches that came before him that people swear are the worst thing to college football coaching. One title's in their third year. He's coaching God. He's got two years left. And somehow, some way, this WrestleMania podcast became an LSU sports podcast within like yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, just blame the Twitter. Uh, I mean, 
that can that stuff can stay in or go out or go at the end. I don't care. Uh, again, I'm just like, oh, so like Brittany Griner is a topic you're willing to discuss now at the final four after you know four months after she's been released. But when she, she has no uh, wait, she has she's been released and so she has no choice. Yeah, but like when she was being held captive in Russia and you were asked about it, you were like, I don't know, Brittany Griner. Like, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm not going to make any definitive statement. And then all of your players from Baylor are like, bitch, what? Hope all the <laughs> LSU players are looking at this because, like, you're considering sending your kid to LSU. Just remember, this woman only cares about her players while they're in a jersey helping her win a claim. Okay, I think we can get back on the rails. I think we, I'm sorry, I derailed us for quite a long time. Uh, so, do we move to Bianca versus Oscar uh, next? I think so. That is the next match. The matches, yeah, uh, the matches on this night up until the main event. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, they're all. Yeah, they're all shorter than the matches from the first night because the ma- first night matches were all like um, around 18, and these have all been around 15 uh, so far. But the main event's going to be almost it's like 35 minutes. So, But Bianca beats Asuka to keep the title, which honestly, I did not know which way this match was going to go. I saw a world for either one. I still think um, Bianca is coming close to the end of her reign because it's been a year at this point. But I didn't know. I didn't know which way they wanted to go. I just thought they wanted to have her have a good match. And Asuka's a good person to do that with. They did. They she had a really good match. There was a good back and forth. Um, you really buy her losing the championship. The entrances were good. Um, I just was surprised by the fact that they kept the belt on um, on uh, Bianca because, like you said, there's not a whole bunch of depth to the roster to where they could pull somebody else to go face her credibly right now. Yeah, I still. So with that said, I I would think if you're gonna take the belt off her, it's got to be somebody newer, fresher, and that always comes back to uh, Raquel Rodriguez, who did not uh, turn heel who, in the tag match. No, she did not. So I don't know. I guess they might be tr- still trying to get somebody ready. I don't know. I if I knew if there was a a surefire contender in the wings, if this would it would make sense. Uh, for it to be Bianca, but we don't have that. So I don't know what she's going to do tomorrow, but I do know tonight that her and Oscar did have that, have a good match. Uh, Oscar went, she didn't go. Oscar was, I don't even think she was like the heel in this match. She was just kind of playing the murder clown, but she didn't really work heel. Um, neither of them. I didn't find either of them to put work heel or face. They just kind of just worked it and it, but it worked for what they did. And um, I was wondering how their styles would display on this stage, but it worked well. They they focus a lot on Bianca's power. Uh, they and Oscar was countering that with her her strikes and submissions. So uh, I was I was skeptical about. I knew they could work together. I was skeptical about their styles meshing on this stage, but they 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 told a good story and. Uh, it really found they found kind of new ways to to focus on uh, Bianca's 
athletic ability and strength. So I thought that was a nice touch. But, you know, it's, it's hard to have a bad match. With. I mean, it, they they played it up, right? They played to everybody everybody's expectations and then pulled the rug out from them. And, re, and in reality, after seeing the women's championship match, we should have been prepared for what was coming in the main event. And that was another thing. Um, I, I, always, I know there are going to be title changes on Mania. So... I kind of got lost to, in it with this one. I wasn't keeping track of who won, who lost. But, my, I mean, I ought to always just went into this just assuming that uh, the big title was changing hands. So it was like, that's why I was like, I could see. I figured going into this weekend, I figured Charlotte was losing and Roman was losing. So I thought that made Bianca safe. And then uh, I knew that Austin Theory would win. So I figured uh, it was 50-50 with the IC title and kind of 50-50 with Bianca. But you want to have somebody retain. So I, that's kind of why I leaned, it, I leaned her way. But uh, And I think the it pretty much went the way I thought. I thought the IC title would change hands. It didn't. And I thought the world title would change hands. And it didn't. But everything else kind of went the way I, I felt just on the whole you got to win some, you got to lose some kind of thing. I I thought the Intercontinental Championship would change hands, and I thought that they would put um, Trilly just workout buddy over. And I thought that they would put um, Asuka over as an apology for past WrestleMania failures, and neither turned out to be the case, and that should have prepared us, like I said, for what was coming in the main event, which was the main swerve of the event. Well, because it was those two titles, and I don't think people felt strongly one way or another about them changing hands. You didn't see what was right in your face until we got there. Yeah. And, and I like, but I, I just like Bianca needs opponents at this point. And I don't really mm-hmm. see what keeping the belt on her does, even if they, we're both way too old. Um, <laughs> Even even if they do something similar to what they did last year and they just change the titles at Backlash instead of WrestleMania. Like, I really don't see what keeping the belt on Bianca at this point does. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe we'll see something. To, I mean, they got to do something. We'll, we'll see, hopefully. Um, yeah. So let's move on to my favorite match of the night. The five minutes of glory that was... Shane McMahon and WWE ring. Uh, okay. So I didn't think they were going to do this spot again, but we had another Miz Snoop's spot. Miz, Miz addressed his, his uh, disappointment with Snoop about uh, making an impromptu match and Snoop promptly makes another one for him. And out comes Shane McMahon. And I immediately text Brian because I know that he wanted to see Shane McMahon. And I was like, why is this old man on my TV? I want to see Shane McMahon die for his father's sins. Well, he gave up his damn leg. I think that was good enough. Uh, Because Shane is, let let me do a quick search. Shane, I think Shane is like 10 years older than me, which would make him 52. Close. He's 53. He just turned 53. 53-year-old man. Yeah, I knew it was the same age as Trips. When he came out there, like, earlier today, I had a conversation with somebody about people doing athletic stuff over 40 and how I won't do it because, not that I'm in shape, but I'm afraid that I'm going to tear something 
and I'm not a young, physically at my peak athlete that tears something and it can come back in like two months. I'd be out for a whole year. So the minute Shane walked out that curtain, I'm like, he's too old for this. Like, you, you, your old body is not meant for this. So no sooner than they finally decide to start this match, like as soon as as soon as he came down from doing that leapfrog, I'm like, oh, yeah, that ain't good. Because the way he landed and then the way he flopped, it was like a reverse flare flop. But his leg with his knee stayed on the, like his foot stayed on the mat and his leg stayed straight up. But his body went back. I'm like, oh, that's not supposed to happen. And then he started immediately reaching for his knee. I'm like, yep, yep. Old man blew out his knee. And this is why. Your ass should stay in the back. They shouldn't have done this. Or at the very least, don't do the leapfrog. He was he was being he was feeling himself. He was feeling froggy and he did the hop. And now, you know, we'll probably never see him do this stuff again. And I for one, I am grateful for him. So he can stop trying to do this. Vince has put the sacrifice up there one too many times, and somebody called his bluff and he took a leg. And now it's a matter of it. Is that enough for Vince or does he need to actually see the whole body sacrifice before he's like, okay, who I get to pick. I would sell any house that I own in order to attain a Shane McMahon Jersey from WrestleMania. Um, it is, it was a complete and total surprise for me. I marked out very hard when Shane's music hit. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was amazing. We have not seen him since last year's Royal Rumble, which caused all kind of kerfuffle. Um, like, it was a really great thing for me to see Shane O'Mac and for Shane O'Mac to get the love from the WrestleMania crowd, which he addressed um, how much that meant to him before he, you know, destroyed his life. Um, <laughs> I texted you, you texted me, I texted you because I was not sure if that was a design spot. Because it didn't feel to me like Snoop Dogg was supposed to get physically involved in any kind of way outside of, like, maybe punching Miz to cost Miz the match. But not, like, to jump in there and take somebody's place. Um, no. So, like, it, it, it caught me off guard. It seemed like a legitimate injury. Especially when Snoop is like, you okay, bro? Like, yeah. you know... It just kind of caught me off guard. I didn't, in this world, especially WrestleMania, you don't know what's a work and what's a shoot. And so that's why I leaned on you and I was like, it looked like he blew out his knee. Did he blow out his knee? Because, like, you know, there is the entire world of possibility that they wanted to put, you know, Snoop over and do it this way. But, like, yeah, that... I popped insanely hard, harder than I did for anything the entire weekend when Shane McMahon came out. Yeah, um, kudos to Snoop because he's not a trained wrestler. He's not doing this stuff all the time. But when he realized that Shane was down, he's like, well, somebody's got to do something. I guess I'm just going to beat the Miz because that's, that's what this requires. That's what's going to keep this on track. And like without a beat, he punched the Miz. He bought some time on the mic. They, they rolled Shane's Oh, can't move ass out the ring. And he promptly punches the Miz again, gives him the elbow, a stupid looking elbow, but hey, you know, it got the crowd over. That I mean Well, because you did a, a lot of, elbow. I, I mean the corporate if elbow. you want to call 
if you want to call it the people's elbow. But um, you know, there 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 are people, there are wrestlers that would have probably frozen in that position that he he kind of he went with it. So good on him. Good on him. He kept the show moving. Which was the whole point. I just thought it was funny that he did the same spot two nights in a row where the attendance led to an impromptu match. I mean, I guess they made it uh you know, they 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 made it the joke. Oh, Shane Torres quiet. It's Her, official. Uh, it seems like that's what Triple H confirmed in the uh, in, in the press conference. Ooh. And there's nobody on the face of the planet that knows a torn quad better than better than Triple H. Genetics. This is genetics. It's a genetic injury. Uh, e- even though I got to say, I mean, to go out with a torn quad, at least Shane did something athletic, unlike Vince, who just slid in the ring and tore them both. <laughs> or Trips, who took a table spot and tore his quad the first time. But see, and again, something athletic. Vince was just power walking and and try and I've seen this video recently because uh, I think there's a story. There's somebody has a, a a clip of Edge talking about it, and they they put that clip over over what actually happened. And it's like he really did just slide in the ring, and it was just like gone. He hits the like he power walks down there, he hits the ring, and then they're gone. And the only reason he came down like he wasn't supposed to come down there. The only reason he came down there is because the uh, it was the Royal Rumble with Batista and John Cena. And John fell out the ring on accident and they both hit the mat at the same time. That's the only reason he came down there because he had to sort that crap out. E. E. But yeah, so yeah, Shane. Like he, trips, uh, trips, trips is the one I think of when I think of torn quads. Like I know his I I, I remember the aftermath of his and the fact that he took a, a his first one. Because oh. he, he tore both. That's right, he did tear both. I remember the first one. The one he tore with the uh, with Jericho. that he ended up getting, yeah, he ended up take still taking the walls of Jericho after tearing his quad, which, you know, what a good good on you, man. Hell no, now nah, y'all gonna whip me out of here right now. Uh, but I just I've I've seen Vince's more because his is funnier. Jeez, man. but uh, Trip said that, that he said that in the context that the only injury from tonight was Shane tearing his quad, which. which... Again, confirms what we thought, which was that was not the plan spot. Not at all. Which good on trips for being able to call things on the fly from Gorilla. <sighs> um. Uh. But that uh, he did mention another, another not sort of injury in there, which is actually the next match. So we can go into that talk about what he said on that. <laughs> all right, flow us in, Chad. So the other, the other sort of injury he talks, he's talking about. He talked about uh, Finn Balor in the Hell in a Cell and said that Finn is doing great. But basically, uh, as you saw, if you watched the match, when, when Finn Balor lost to Edge, there's a part of the match where they basically stop. And it's because Finn legit, le- legitimately bust open his head and they stopped the match to staple his head back together. To f- so, so, yeah, if you, if you thought they were stitching him back up, they literally... St- dished him back up, and it sounds like they literally put staples in his head to close the wound, and then he finished the match. Why, like, I get the the thing. They did this a few years back when, like, a match literally stopped for the referee to put gloves on. But, like, why does that matter in today's WWE at WrestleMania? Like, why, why delay a match that still included table and ladder spots after that? Like, 
why why delay you know a, a fast and furious and very personal hell in a cell match which as you pointed out on a preview podcast included everything short of fire why delay that for you know blood splatter on the ring apron so i don't know when and why it changed but it's been a change you know the the no blood thing stopped when the the pg error happened but there's been blood here and there but they really yeah but it's really made older still, guys like like sean and trips who like vince trusted to bleed it's the difference between yeah, that but, and like you know i forget which match it was but like even foley was like really we're gonna stop this to put gloves on but that's yeah, that's but that's their thing for any match where uh, there's blood. I've seen, I don't. There must have been a whole lot of blood because I've seen them like nowadays. They're not blading anymore, so if you see blood, it's like blood the hard way. They got busted open, and I've seen it where there has been blood. They haven't stopped the match, but the ref has put the gloves on while they kept the match going. But I think they're real. I think it, I, it's probably going to go about like the amounts of blood, uh, the amounts of the injury that caused the blood. Yeah, I mean there but, was like, literally splatter on the mat. You can see. And see, that's the thing. You can see that you see you saw the blood on the match because of its paint. It was hard to see just watching it on TV. And Triple H did mention it in his press conference that the 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 paint was throwing off where the blood was when they were checking him out. I think that's what took so long because they couldn't really figure it out. So I think it's a matter of. He probably just had his gas was probably enough where they just they needed to address it. Um, but if it was probably something more manageable, they might not stop the match. They might just put the gloves on because I don't think they want the visual of like gushing blood anymore. I think they're trying to get away from that. But if there is like natural blood and it's not like profusely just pouring out of their face, I think they'll let it go. But I I think they could have let this go just because of the 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 uh, the paint. Or maybe because the blood is going into the paint, that might have made it worse, and they had to stop it to to address it for that. But yeah, I, their, Cole, their goal Cole, was to cut out because Cole made a point of being like, "Yeah, the door is open, and officials are coming in and check on Finn." Right. I think he, and at that point he had to explain why the the match why because at that point they stopped the camera. There was no more camera on Finn. It was just on Edge. So it's not like why is Edge not doing anything to Finn. And we couldn't really see the door open in our shots, but we could see people coming in, at least the top of their heads. So he's just trying to explain, like, he has to give some context and explain, okay, this is why this is, this is why this is happening at that point. Yeah, I mean, it was overall, though, it was a, a really fun, really different, really unique match to the point where, like, the weapons were color-coded. Like... That was the fun part to me. It was like, okay, the purple weapons are for Finn and the red weapons are for, for Edge. Yeah, I didn't even. I, I I was just like those those color coded chairs are stupid, but whatever. Well, because because Edge was was coded in the red and Finn was coded mm-hmm. in the purple. But still, that's still dumb. I've seen them do dumber. Again, they had a match <laughs> which was a Hell in a Cell surrounded by a steel cage with Rottweilers in between. So, I mean, <sighs> yeah, those wild days. So what did you think of old man edge? Cause like we talked on the preview podcast about the fact that he had some crazy, stupid ideas for this match. Like, how do you feel that that 42 year old Finn Balor and 50 year old Adam Copeland did with the cell? 
Uh, I mean, Edge was Edge was just Edge. I thought it would be bore something else, but it wasn't, and it's fine. Uh, it it was it was fine. It it wasn't anything extra. It was a TLC the, match inside of a Hello to Sell. Right. So, but so like when Finn comes out, you know, he physically looks different because he's doing the demon stuff, and he acts a little different. He takes a lot more punishment without acknowledging it. Edge just was was just Edge. They came up with like, you know, a cool wing thing and the mirror head for his entrance and through the the ring of fire, but there was nothing else different about him. So I was disappointed in, in that aspect. Surprise, no Gangrel? I don't know if I'm surprised, but it seemed like, you know, a thing to do, but the rest of um the uh judgment day didn't have any impact, so why have have Gangrel come out at all? Well, I mean, one woman did. One member of Judgment Day did. What woman? Rhea. Did she come out? Did I miss that? No, I'm talking about like overall winning. Because the, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the other two yeah, members yeah. No, failed. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I just meant uh, for this for this actual match, I thought they would uh, if they would have come out, it would have impacted. It would have made a reason to have Gangrel come out, but. Overall, uh, yeah, uh, Rhea's the only one. Well, I thought Gangrel was coming out with the entrance. I thought they would do the whole, you know, rise up from underneath, blood ring, old school WWE Attitude Era music, brood thing. So just having a modder that said brood edge and just basically his normal entrance. Yeah, pretty much. The most disappointing entrance of WrestleMania weekend, I'd say, actually. Mm, Probably. Oh, I'm a. Speaking of interest, I must go back and say I love Bianca's interest having those little girls there, especially knowing how how much little girls uh, really uh, appreciate and gravitate towards her. I thought that was pretty cool. It was, especially the uh, connection with the uh, the women's shelter, the children's shelter that that to, and that they are connected to. I thought that was a that was a good touch. Michael Cole talked about that a good bit while it, Bianca was mm-hmm. making her way to the ring. Yep, and they showed him again. So that was that was really cool. I, I, I appreciate that. And I know it meant something to her, and it meant something to a lot of little girls that look up to her. So that brings us to our main event, doesn't it? It does. We are to the main event. Why pick Roman Reigns over? <sighs> the the only answer I have is that they they have something planned that's going to make all this worth it. Um, and it just felt like, you know, WrestleMania is the biggest show of the, the year, you have like this prodigal son in Cody Rhodes, and, and it just felt like that story was going to be the culmination of it. But I should have knew something something was up when the fact that the, the Usos came out and were just strictly doing Roman's bidding, and there was no friction between him and the Usos. It was just they came out. There was but, no backstage uh, segment, as you alluded to in our preview podcast. There was no dissension among the ranks at all from what we could tell the only difference was the usos didn't come out with roman they let just let uh sanuka um come out with roman right and so i what what that feels like to me is um like everybody's been assuming the bloodline would fall very quickly and i think was what we're going to see is they're going to fall but it's going to be a very slow erosion. And something that Cody said 
in one of his promos that always stuck with me and now it makes more sense in the context of, of this was that um, he, he was saying that Roman having the titles was the whole thing keeping everything together. It was what was keeping, uh, particularly it was what's keeping Paul there and without without the titles, then everybody else would start to chip away. So him losing the titles, well, yeah, it, it would seem to imply that the bloodline is going to disintegrate. But I think they're trying to go for a very slow erosion of the bloodline. And now Roman has titles. Usos don't have titles. And maybe that's where he starts making the friction where eventually Jay is going to kick him in the face and we'll go from there. What do you think of the match overall? I thought the match was good. I thought they did a really good job. I thought it was... I thought it was really good up until the end. Like I knew the only thing about I knew watching it that there had to be a rough bump because you had to get the Usos out there. The Usos had to be there because we we just knew that there was going to be some development with them. Uh, and there was while there wasn't any development, we needed them out there. They came out there, so they had to have a rough bump. I don't really like rough bumps, but it was in terms of the story, I understood it. But the ending, you know, how once you get to the end, it all depends on how you feel about how the match ended. And right now, right now, I can say I'm disappointed. I thought Cody should have won. In a month, will I still feel that way? Well, it depends on what what they're they're telling me we're going to over the next month and where we're going further than that. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Puerto Rico. I'm I'm really interested to see what's going to happen tomorrow night because they there's got to be some addressment of it. And I think if if it's going to be a slow erosion, Roman has to start messing with the Usos tomorrow. Yeah, I, I agree. Unless they put the belts back on the Usos tomorrow, which oh no, I don't think I don't think that's the case. I think if anything, I think he'll slowly start messing with them. They'll have the rematch and lose again, and then that's what's going to accelerate him being a complete ass to them. Well, I mean, they threw us all off by not advertising Roman for money in the bank, and people started to think that maybe he was going to go away for a bit. You know, the match oh, the match was really good. Um, I feel bad for that poor kid who had the weight belt taken away from him in order to use it in the match. Oh, you, you didn't hear what they said who that kid was? They said it was uh, his nephew? No, it's uh, Luke Harper. Oh, Luke Harper's the, kid, yeah. It's his, it's his son, yeah. So, no, he's getting that belt back. They, the, I mean, that kid's been in, like, main event angles in AEW. He's getting the belt back. So, he, he was, basically, he was part of the show. He, he's not new to this. No, but it was still unique to have it be like, we're going to show you get him giving this to a kid, and then magically it's going to reappear 15 minutes later. Yeah, they're just going just to take this from the kid. But, yeah, he got it back. It's, it's no big thing for him. Um, you're, I mean, I just thought they did some really good spots. I thought that they, they made you think, um, for a long time about what was going on. The ref bump really was the turning point in the match as it should be. And I'm just genuinely surprised they went down this route. Me too. Uh, I, that's not what I saw happening, but you know, here we are. Do you think it has anything to do with a phone call from Dwayne? I do not. I really don't. So you don't think Dwayne called them on like Friday or Saturday night? It was like, hey, hey, Paul, like, I got an idea. Let me run it by you. No, I don't. Because we know the old man changed WrestleMania 31's main event and the cash in of all cash ins. 
changed on the Saturday night before WrestleMania. So, like, it's not, it wouldn't be the first time plans changed on a dime. But I don't, nothing about Triple H just said that he's gonna, he's gonna change quite so fast. I don't know. It just, it's an interesting booking to me. Like, yes, it was strong. Yes, it still let Cody go, you know, look good, but it, it still kind of, you know, just, just kind of was interesting, at the very least. I'll give you interesting, but, uh, yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think we're waiting on the Wayne. Overall thoughts on the weekend and what you are expecting for the biggest Raw of the year, the one where the crowd is the hottest and the most filled with marks. I think the weekend was great. I think uh, if you're a wrestling fan, I think you should have been satisfied. By the way, we called Tori Wilson inducting Stacey Heebler. Oh, she was the one that did it? Yep. Yeah, because I did not watch. Even in the replays, I didn't see who did it. But, uh, yeah, I think... uh, if you like, if you like wrestling, you should be happy with what you saw. Um, I think it was good. It was good fun, and it reminded it. It reminded me how fun wrestling is. I think a lot of people are going to get that same feeling. So I think it was a overall a great success. Uh, tomorrow, I really don't know what to expect. I I think we should get some indication of where the bloodline story is going, and we normally get a bunch of debuts on the first Monday after WrestleMania. I, I think it's time for um, Braun Breaker to finally make the jump up. He just lost the NSC title, so him moving up seems like a thing that should happen. Uh, and we got to have some challenges for these for these champions, so hopefully that starts the lineup too. Should be interesting. It's always the most fun Raw of the year. Right. That'll about do it for this week's for this episode of the Movies on the Brain podcast that is about wrestling. <laughs> uh, if you want to keep up with this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at BCW Tiger Fam. I'm at the Mets Theory. And congratulations, Chad. We made it. We finished this podcast within the confines of WrestleMania Sunday. We did not bleed over into Raw Monday. By three whole minutes. Thank you very much, and have a pleasant evening. <laughs>